0: back to the Kendra's Treasures podcast, my podcast about my journey as a small business owner and entrepreneur with no real background experience in business ownership, but I'm just out here doing it. I'm making a way, I'm making it happen. And for this episode, this is the second part of me talking to another podcaster about podcast. On this episode, my special guest is Daniel. He is the owner of Best Fight Picks and the host of the Half the Battle podcast check out our episode. We talk a lot about what podcasters go through, but we also get into a little bit about fighting at the end. So stay tuned for more. And if you're still looking for ways to support this podcast, it's really simple. All you have to do is like, share, comment, give good reviews, leave good ratings, interact with me on my social platforms, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Word of mouth is still the best way to advertise. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get into this interview. Thank you. All right, Daniel. So today um, we're just going to like chop it up like podcaster to podcaster. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but I wanted to like pick your brain. You know, I'm always like messaging you picking your brain anyway about uh, being a podcaster and like things that I should be doing or things that work well and stuff like that. And since you have such a large following for your podcast. Um, I thought you'd be a great person to talk to about this. And you kind of also like volunteered yourself. So I was like, yay.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's my pleasure. I mean, listen, you got to look out for each other. You know, I think we're all in this together. And it's important to not just help yourself grow, but to help other people grow that got similar interests. And, you know, it's all kind of like I believe in the unity and, you know, the whole collective thing going on. So I'm more than happy to do it.
0: Right. so your this episode is actually part of like a a two part episode. I interviewed another podcaster uh, yesterday, and she's new to podcasting like me. So it was interesting to have our conversation about um what have what like hurdles we've had to come over and stuff like that. But so tell us about your podcast half the battle. Like how long have you been podcasting? and what is your podcast about?
1: So my podcast half the battle. It's a MMA podcast, mainly for MMA betting. You know, a lot of people uh, like to bet on the sport, and we'll talk about that in a sec, but it's also for hardcore fans. You don't have to be a bettor to, to listen to my show. I mean, it's basically we break down every single fight on every card and, you know, just give inside info on, on all the fighters and the matchups, and then we'll also have fighter appearances on our show and just want to give a really great listening experience to to mma fans all around the world and just be positive too because there's a lot of negativity going around not just in the mma space but just in the world in general people complaining and doing all these things we want to be the complete opposite of that we want people you know especially in these times right now but even though we started way before that we started like in 2015 but now especially more than ever just to give people you know one hour to, to escape from you know the the stuff that's going on in yeah. real life, and if we can do that, you know, then then I think we've accomplished our goal.
0: Yeah, you have a pretty you have a pretty large following uh, for your podcast, like your podcast goals. <laughs> uh, so that. it's great. I um I I watch your episodes more than I listen to them. So like I'll see them on Facebook. A lot and like I think I saw I saw them on YouTube I saw like a few of them on YouTube so you have is it just you or do you have a co-host because a lot of times I see the other that guy with you a lot on there
1: yeah yeah for all our fight breakdowns I do have my co-host Shaq um mm-hmm. he's really awesome he's really knowledgeable as well and then you know I also have other episodes as well like for example for all the pre-fight breakdowns right. it's usually just me and Shaq but Sometimes I'll, you know, I want to go live and talk right after the fights and mm-hmm. we'll call it after the battle or, you know, maybe uh, a couple days after talk about who I think the winners of each fight should be matched up with or do a live stream. So all those I'll usually do by myself or even, you know, fighter appearances I'll do by myself. But the fight breakdowns, which is the core half the battle, I definitely do with a co-host.
0: Yeah. Do you prefer to do your episodes like with a co-host or do you like doing them solo?
1: Honestly, I like them both. I I think I think they both provide unique experiences for the listener. You know, I think that when I do it by myself, it can kind of be a little bit more interactive. You know, I can go live. I can answer questions directly from our listeners and things along those lines. But with the co-host, there's always that fun dynamic for the listener. The listener loves it when, when you guys disagree or when you argue. So whenever you can just be entertaining like Mm -hmm. that and go back and forth. And you have that kind of chemistry. You have that kind of bond. Um, I think the listeners like uh, enjoy listening to that.
0: Yeah, I I was trying to. Well, like I have another podcast that I do um, co-host with a friend of mine, but it's not about business. It's about like motherhood and all kinds of things like that. Uh, But I like to do I like my podcast by myself because I um, have a lot like a lot more flexibility because with a co-host, sometimes, like, you have to work around their schedules and stuff and work around, like, their creative process as well because you're both doing it. So, like, with ours, uh, which is Wait What Just Happened, our other podcast, it's sometimes, like, we don't put out as many episodes as I would like to put out. But it's mainly because we're always working around schedules. And uh, she likes to record in person, like, so she's not really down to do the Skype recording. <laughs> Got you. So, you know, uh, but I was just wondering um, when you were, you know, creating your podcast and your idea, if you had always knew that you wanted to do it or always known that you wanted to do it um, with a co-host instead of by yourself.
1: Well, it's funny you ask because originally the way I was doing it was I would have a different guest co-host every single week. So it would literally just be like a revolving door. And I think what people were looking forward to or you know the little fans i had back then Mm -hmm. because you know we used to have like three listeners back when we first started um it was just like who's gonna be his co-host this week and you know then eventually i had a couple different permanent co-hosts and Mm -hmm. um just it's really a a trial and error type thing you know and and i think both ways work and i i definitely respect uh your co-host wanting to do it in person because i Mm -hmm. think that's i think that's authentic I think that's natural. You guys can actually see each other's facial expressions. You can hear the tone up close. So it just brings, you know, kind of a more, I guess, intimate might be the right word, uh, listening experience. And that's always important to just be as real as possible. You know, you don't want to fabricate anything. You don't want to, you know, no bullshit. So, I think both (laughs) ways work. Um, I mean, listen, if you're long winded enough to do it by yourself, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. So I think both ways work for sure.
0: Yeah, that's what I was telling Nate. Nate was like, why don't you do more episodes uh, by yourself? And I was like, "Uh, because I don't think people want to sit there and listen to me yell at the thing. Cause I was listening, he listened to the, Ch- the Chael signing, uh, podcast. <laughs> and I was like, all he does is yell into the microphone the whole time. I was like, who else is on here? with? Him? <laughs> and he was like, nobody. And I was like, but he's just yelling. <laughs> and, uh, but like a lot of people like that podcast. And like, I looked at my analytics and one of my like highest listened to, or most listened to episodes was the one when I was by myself. And I was like. I don't think I'm long winded enough. Cause that one was only like 20 minutes, maybe 26 minutes. <laughs> I was like, I don't have enough to talk about by myself. Like not necessarily about this topic. I could talk about a whole lot of other topics by myself. Like don't get me on like Harry Potter or like,
1: Friday,
0: <laughs> or anything like that. I mean, because I could talk to you for hours about that, but I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I like to have the different guests mainly because like, I want to showcase other people's like businesses and uh, the things that they're doing in their communities as well. And I want—I don't want people to think that they have to like be stuck at their nine to five job and that's the only thing they can ever do in life, you know.
1: Yeah, so, absolutely. For- I mean, listen. I think it's good to put up the reps of of doing it by yourself. You know what I mean? I think that Nate uh, has a really good point. I mean, so, okay, the first one was only, what, 26 minutes, but that doesn't mean that the next one won't be 36 minutes. After that, 46 minutes. uh, It's good practice to know that you can talk for an hour straight, keep the listeners engaged, and have something to bring to the table. And eventually you grow your fan base. Then you're going to be able to start taking questions while you're on air. And I think that's something that – You'd probably love to do because I mean, yeah. you know, you're you're you love supporting people, you love giving advice, and to have people asking you questions live on air, I think that'd be an amazing thing for you. So, I, I, I honestly think you should keep doing both things. You know, you should have the yeah. co host, you know, build that bond, that chemistry, and you know, the fans get invested in both personalities, but then you mm-hmm. also have. You know, just Kendra, like people get to know Kendra, which like you got a great personality. So you go out there and you, you know, you talk and you get the practice, you get the reps in, you know, you keep, you know, just putting that time in and it's going to develop into something nicely. I mean, I see how seriously you take this, you know, you uh, because I remember like when I first started, it was just me sitting around. Talking into uh, my my shitty laptop's mic, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> you hear all all the feedback in the world. Like, I'm talking. I'm not talking about like people's feedback. I'm talking about the audio feedback. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like and you're, like, you're, uh, you're. <laughs> like uh, I remember having guests on, and like you could just like hear all these background noises, and it's just like you know sounded so unprofessional. But our mm-hmm. but the passion we had for what we're talking about carried through. So. No, eventually you start to put the work in, you start to get the reps in, you start to understand more about, you know, even the quality side of things, the audio right. side of things. You start to upgrade your equipment a little bit. Your fan base starts to grow, and it's kind of like that snowball effect that people like to talk about. So it's really just an ongoing process. I mean, how how many episodes deep are you into into your podcast?
0: Uh, this one that we're recording now, I think, will be episode. 11 or 12 so by the end of the year of 2020 i'll have 14 episodes
1: exactly so uh, you're just a baby in this game you know what i mean (laughs) like you're you're literally just starting out which is an awesome thing and i would say that you're farther along right now than i was when i was 14 episodes into my podcast right now you got to think about it. I'm like 360 episodes deep, you know, so Right. Yeah, you have a uh, lot out of episodes. Once you get to that point, you, you're going to see the numbers just increase. You're going to start to get those sponsorship opportunities. You're going to notice that you would have already upgraded your equipment by then. You've already upgrade upgraded your equipment a couple episodes in. I noticed that. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're you're taking it very seriously, which I mean, yeah. That's just kind of what you got to do. I mean, look, it's definitely a passion project and Mm -hmm. it's great to like have that time to be able to talk about those things that you care about. But it also uh, speaks to your character to want to you want to improve the listening experience, not just by your content, but by also by the quality and the guests that you're getting on and all those things. Everything is all, you know, combined in in the whole ordeal. So, yeah, much respect.
0: Yeah thank you. Yeah the the sound like the sound quality is what probably will keep me up at night so like that was one (laughs) of the (laughs) that was one of the main things that i was just like um i if i can't afford to get like a super expensive mic right now i can afford to get one that's at least decent so like i did some research uh and found did some reviews looked at some reviews about the microphones that i use now which are the blue snowballs that's those are the ones i use now you Uh told me that was like the first one you use like your first type of mic um yeah so That was cool and I was like yay so I got a good one (laughs) Um, but like eventually I do want to upgrade these also but like I got mics I got the little arms now for them so I don't have to have them propped up on the little tripod on the table because that was another issue of mine on the podcast that I have with my friend I was sitting too far back from the microphone because I didn't like to sit like feeling like I'm crouched over the microphone and then um so i got the little arms the little that extend or whatever i got them on amazon and like i tell people all the time people are always asking me questions about how i got started and where i got the equipment and i'm just like y'all go to amazon because like i feel like that's like the best place besides best buy i did get my first blue snowball from best buy but i ordered the second one from amazon because it wasn't necessarily cheaper it just gets here faster because when at the best buy near my house they were like um we don't keep microphones in the store and i was like well so, what like what?
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. Microphones
0: I, in the store, you keep the laptops here, you keep the TVs here, <laughs> microphones.
1: But like that's just just the point that you're doing that, the fact that you're doing that is, is what's important cuz like I told you when I first started out, I thought that you know, just quote unquote, being entertaining was enough. I thought that just being convincing, just speaking passionately was enough. And, and it's not, you know, the quality yeah. needs to be on point too. So, you know, that blue snowball you're talking about, I didn't even know to buy it. My, my brother got me it for my birthday one year. You know what I mean? Right. He's like, Hey, I know you've been podcasting a lot. Like here's your first mic. So it was Aww. like, Oh wow. Like, thank you so much. You know what I mean? And yeah. you know, eventually then you start to upgrade the equipment. Then you know, so yeah, it's, it's like that snowball, like I already said. So the fact that you're doing it this early into your podcast career, uh, it speaks volumes and it's gonna, it's gonna pay off for sure. Cause now, like if people start researching you now, your quality is already sounding good, you know, and your listenership's already going to go up. So yeah, uh, keep, keep doing what you're doing.
0: Yeah. And speaking of brothers, so like, I know, well, I mean, I, my Facebook page is not open to the public, but you're my friend on Facebook. <laughs> I, I made this uh, shout out to my tech supports. Uh, my brother is my tech support. <laughs> so he sent me a, because um, I have a MacBook Air, like the newer ones, they don't have the USB. They have that C port on the side. Right. So um, I, he sent me a new dongle to connect my uh, microphone to the macbook so it helped like when when i do have guests on because we were struggling with sound with my guests on the second mic because i guess i ordered a cheap dongle or whatever um so my brother sent me a new one and he was like here just take it just don't even he lives all the way in california he was like yeah because i can't do the sound like that anymore <laughs> I, was like, I know yeah but,
1: yeah no that's so, nice of him
0: i know right shout out to the brothers out there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> looking out <laughs>
1: definitely definitely my bros my tech support guy too like i don't know the half of some of this stuff like like he, he honestly makes me feel stupid about some of this stuff not not because he tries to it's just because right. like he's so knowledgeable about the technology i'm like i just want it to be set up where i can just come up on the mic start talking and make sure that people are entertained but you right. know it, it's Same. it's a lot more than that and especially when you're starting out or even even when you're like, you know, where I am, I'm not starting out, but I'm still my own producer. I'm still editing my own podcast. I'm still, you know, trying to acquire my own sponsorships. And, you know, one day I'd like, you know, to have, to be able to pay a producer to, to edit my podcast for me. But the the funny thing about that, Kendra, is that like, I want, like, full, like, artistic, like, creativity and freedom over my own work. You know what I mean? Like, I I know exactly what I want to leave in and what I want to leave out. And I feel like someone else wouldn't know that. But at the same time, they'd be able to save you on so much time because, like, if you go out there, you record an hour podcast. You record a 90-minute podcast. I mean, that's more more than double the time editing-wise, right? And pe- people right. don't understand like how much time it takes to edit. Then you got to make the graphic. Then you got to do this. Then you got to do that. Mm-hmm. So the big podcasts you see, they have a whole team dedicated to every single area of the game, which is like something that I want to aspire to one day, you know, be right. able to have someone edit it for me, be able to have someone make the graphics for me because I ain't a graphic guy. I ain't yeah. a, a studio producer. I, I'm just the guy that talks on the mic. You know what I mean? Right, and
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: so, yeah. So there's there's always going to be goals no matter what uh, level you're on.
0: Yeah, that is so true. I literally just, I paid somebody just like this week to start working on some graphic designs for me because, I mean, I've been doing my like posters and stuff that I put on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by myself from using apps and things like that. But I just want it to be like more uniform and to look, I want the same color scheme. I don't use the same color scheme every time because of the way, like, cause I use the free apps. So like the way it's set up, it's like, I can use the same thing, but I know people don't want to see the same thing over and over again. So I just like linked up with somebody to get him to do that for me. And that's probably like the biggest investment I've made yet into this podcast was paying a graphic designer to do graphics for me. Um, But I'm very excited for what he's going to come up with. And like, um, I think it'll be good because he does the graphics for our for the podcast with my friend. Um, and when we post those graphics, like they reach, like, if you look at the insights on like Instagram of the post, like they reach so many more people than when we post or than when I post little graphics that I make. But even though my graphics reach a different, I mean, a good amount of people, those reach so many more people. (laughs) So I was like, I need better graphics. So let me just, so he's working on that for me. And I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm also what what were you
1: about to say no i mean i think that it's important to humble yourself like to know that hey i'm not a graphics person like my graphics you know yeah they can i guess get the job done but my listenership is going to go up way more if i actually hire someone who is you know their profession is making graphics you know like again it comes down to what we've been talking about this whole time where it's like you got to understand like that you're you're the entertainer. I'm the entertainer. You know, that, that's what we do. We talk. Um, and even though, yeah, we're at a certain stage in our podcast, we got to, you know, do a lot of things on our own, humbling yourself and hiring someone to make the graphics for you. I mean, that speaks volumes that you're willing to do what it takes to, to get to that next level.
0: Right. It was kind of hard for me. I'm a very like do it myself type of person. So I was like, I don't really need a graphic. I talked myself out of it for like two weeks. So I was like, I don't really need a graphic designer because I can still do this by myself. I can just pay for the app. I can get the paid version. But I hate paying for things monthly. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: like if I can pay annually, then I'm it's fine I'm it's a match made in heaven but if I have to pay monthly it's just so annoying to me so just I just was like oh I just don't want to pay for that but if I pay him then he'll just do it and then I can just have it and then I can just pay him a small fee every time I need something different so I was just like it's just hard it was but I just was like you know what let me just bite the bullet and I'm just gonna do it and pay him because it's gonna come out way better than it would have come out if I would have kept doing it by myself so
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, yes, I feel man. you there. It's uh, <laughs> it's important to do. I mean, and not just in, in the graphics department. I mean, just like in in all other areas, like if you feel like there's a certain area lacking, obviously, I want to be proficient at everything. Um, right. But you know what they say about like, you know, a jack of all trades, but master of none. I, I still want right. to be a master at something, you know? So right. it, it's important to have a team around you. And I guess like, you know, later on in the podcast, we'll, we'll talk about like, you know, how it takes a a village to raise a fighter oh it my a,
0: god
1: it takes a village to raise a podcaster too
0: yes <laughs> it really does i was just talking about that when i when i interviewed jada is her name and her podcast it smells like wealth when i interviewed jada I, we were just talking about that because um she was saying how you know sometimes she hasn't really like felt supported but At the end of the day, she still has noticed that like even if her episode didn't do really well, she did have a few people listening and that made her feel a little more supported. But like I was like, I have a lot of support from definitely like my family members and like my friends, uh, like people who are willing to even just hit share when I'm posting about the episodes that are out. Even if they don't listen, if they hit share, I'm just like, thank you for sharing because that reached people that i might not be friends with on facebook and they might go listen like it really does take a village to raise a podcaster like that is a true statement
1: (laughs) for sure i mean like it's one of those things where people have no issue you know sharing some meme that someone they don't know created that a million other people have posted but when like their closest friend you know is grinding you know (laughs) putting in that sweat equity just to you know, try to get to a few listeners. They won't even share that. So it's like one of those things where like it really does mean a lot when when people share your podcast, when people give you that like that listen, that feedback, whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. And but then on on the flip side of things, you you can't get married to to those kind of things, because if you do, then when when you start, you know, growing and you start getting haters, you're gonna Mm -hmm. be very depressed and very like torn down by what they have to say and you you can't do that either because that's actually something that comes with success like you should see the lengths that some of the haters go for for some of my stuff kendra like really if i if i told you right now which i'm going to like you'd be like whoa (laughs) like really like that's that's what i gotta aspire to and it's like so like I mean like I got like fake YouTube accounts pretending to be me going on other really? going on other channels commenting I got people like photoshopping pictures of me like it's crazy Like and, and that just comes with just the podcast growing with like more people noticing me and, and all that stuff And you just kind of got to ignore all that stuff And I'm not saying on the flip side to also ignore the positivity because right. I, I, I love the positivity I love the love. I love the support And everyone that's behind me, you know, I want to acknowledge them for sure. It's just when that does happen, you can't let that, you know, make your ego overconfident. You can't let it be like, oh, I've made it or oh, this or that. Like you still have to put your nose down, put your head down, keep grinding as if, you know, you didn't receive those however many shares or however many likes (laughs) or however many positive comments because. Once you get to a certain point, like I'm telling you, the haters are going to be real. Jealousy is a real thing. Like there might yeah. be some other people that wish that they were where you're at, you know, and instead right. of them, you know, starting something from scratch, they're going to try to build their platform based off hating on you. <laughs> so right. you just you just got to be ready for that. And when that does happen, you know, just just ignore it and know that, hey, like even the people that I look up to, they have haters. So mm-hmm. it sounds like I'm doing something right, you know, so just view it that way.
0: Yeah, like there's no such thing as bad publicity. I I feel like I I've been saying that a lot lately. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a, a a foreshadowing on my own life, and I'm gonna have to take my own advice in a minute. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no such thing as bad public- because even if somebody is like trashing you on the internet, they're like the people they're trashing you, the you they They're probably still gonna want to have to go listen to your podcast and give you some listens because they want to know why you're being trashed. Like you know. So, I mean, yeah, that, that I mean, but like creating fake accounts with your pictures and stuff, that's crazy to me. The craziest thing that has happened to me so far was this man sent me a message on Instagram and asked me if I was interested in being a sugar baby. And <laughs> he told me, <laughs> he told me that, um... I don't have to you know we don't have to do anything and he was like i just want you to call me and talk to me because i want to hear your voice and i want you to send me text messages and then he was like let me know so i can send you the contracts over so you can know what what to do and like i told nate and nate was like at first he was like he was like oh hell no and then i was like and I was like, yeah, but all he wants to do is talk and text. And I was like, maybe I should see how much he's trying to pay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's and then funny. And they like, well, maybe. And I was like, but then I was like, I don't really like talking on the phone like that, so I probably would lose that job. Like, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah.
0: But that yeah, that was weird and crazy. But it recently just happened, started happening. Uh, I started, I've started to get a lot of like spam, like types of messages, I guess. And I don't know. I mean, I don't even have that many followers. Like, it's just like, the more you grow, I guess, the more you really do grow. Like, people do start to notice you. And it's just really strange. Um, but I just, um, I was talking to another girl on one of my episodes. She's a fitness influencer. And she was talking about how when she hit 3,000 followers, that's when she started getting a lot of the, like, hate emails and all wow. kinds of things like that. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But right now, that's not something that I am currently dealing with. (laughs) But when it gets to that point, I hope that I can be, like, as graceful as you sound like you are and just ignore it. (laughs)
1: You know, it's interesting because it's like you get these hateful comments. You get these people doing all these things. And, you know, your first instinct is you want to lash out. You want to be like you want to get to the bottom. Like, why are you behaving like this? Like, what did Mm -hmm. I do to you? but. It's it's important not to do that, you know, and then I'll have other people reach out to me and they'll be like, uh, did you like bang this dude's girlfriend or sister or something? <laughs> like, why why is he jealous of you? So then when when people put it in those terms and it's like, OK, yeah, I'm doing the right thing, just ignoring them, you know, because right. because knowing that to other people, the haters come off as jealous. Yeah, that ma- that actually makes me feel better because I guess the only reason you'd feel some kind of way about your haters is cause like, like, you know, if enough people say bad things about you, you might start to question like, well, do they have a point? Like, are they right? right? Like maybe, may, maybe, there's some truth to what they're saying. But then when yeah. you have your supporters be like, man, that dude just sounds like a jealous hater. Then you're like, okay, yeah. cool. So, so I'm approaching this the right way. Just keep ignoring them. But it's different for men and women. You know what I mean? Like I, I've heard yeah. like a lot of women, And not just podcasters, but even, like, female athletes or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Y'all got to deal with some serious shit. Like, not only that, like, sugar mama request or whatever, but I heard that, like, tons of women get hit up, like, by weirdos asking for, like, shit, like, like, just, like, feet pics. Like, yeah. I'm 100% serious. Like, feet pics. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? And it's, like, not, like, one or two, like, people yeah. asking for that. It's, like, hundreds of people. So, like, just just get ready for uh, what's about to come your way once you grow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, that is so – and that is so weird. That's so, That It is we're very weird, though. Like, yeah, women do have to deal with a, a little bit of different things, especially because, like, if you kind of put it out there in a way like, you know, how sex sells. Like, if right. you start – Doing a lot of promo where you're like showing your body or whatever, um, you you have to worry about that type of backlash. And I mean, I'm not saying that it's fair because it's definitely unfair. Um, but those are the types of things. Like some women even sometimes get like stalkers or like crazy people. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's crazy. Uh, but I guess it's a part of the process. You have to keep yourself mentally prepared for whatever is gonna come to you whenever it comes. 100%. I do have another question. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, so I'm trying to decide if I want to start doing video and then, so into this video question, one, I want to know, do you think that the video is also like beneficial? Like if I do like a YouTube page for the podcast also, and the other part of the question is explain to me how you do the live thing. Like, is it just going live on like Facebook or, or a YouTube
1: so a million percent you should do uh, you should aim to do a video because it's just another way to reach people. You know what I mean? Like right now, if people are listening on say iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud or Stitcher or whatever the case may be, you know, any of the audio platforms like that's great and you can definitely build, you know, your following that way. Yeah. But other people don't even use those platforms. Some people right. just only go on YouTube and I've noticed on YouTube because at first I wasn't really doing video. I was just kind of like uploading the audio with like a picture on it. And, and mm-hmm. that's cool and all, but again, like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, like when you have a co-host in studio with you, same way that y'all can see each other's facial expressions and all that, now your fans can see your facial expressions and they can really connect, you know, the voice to the, the person behind the mic and mm-hmm. that'll actually really grow uh, your following. And, you know, obviously same way you invested in, you know the microphones the recording equipment whatever the case right. may be you got to do the same thing with uh, the video side of things as well so it's an, just right. another investment to look forward to and as far as live streaming there's a lot of different options you can do i mean the, the best place to start there's a website called StreamYard and mm-hmm. you know get your first couple reps in on there it's it's free but eventually you can pay for their premium service and then you know, they, they let you do like 1080p HD. They let you upload your your logos. They let you do the whole bit. So you can do their thing for free, but the free one has like their watermark on it. So, like, on the top right corner, it'll say powered by StreamYard, which, like,
0: uh, okay.
1: is, isn't that big of a deal for your first view when you're getting your feet wet. But eventually, right. like, when you really want to, you know, uh, reach that wider audience and when you really start to grow you got to have it have your logo on there which you know just pay their fee and you get to that point so yeah i would recommend starting off with Streamyard, and then eventually once you get to an even bigger level there's things you can use there's this thing called stream labs um uh, I think something called OBS, which you, you download and you can literally just like stream from your computer. You don't have to go to any website or nothing. It goes directly to YouTube. But I would start off with StreamYard. And yeah, definitely uh, just just at least have the goal, like plant the seed of knowing that, hey, eventually we're going to go to the video show because that way the people that are riding in their car, can listen to me you know on spotify or itunes the people sitting at home can watch me on youtube the people at work can do whatever they want to do so it just gives people more options and more options means more listeners means more everything so hell yeah you should consider that
0: yeah okay well i'm thinking about it i think it's (laughs) like (laughs) i mean like my brother said the same thing like he was like yeah you definitely should do that but i just uh, I was telling Nate this morning, I was like, uh, the only thing about being on camera is like, you always, I feel like you always have to be on point when you're on camera. I like, especially like as a woman, like, and sometimes I just be walking around his joint, like looking like a bum. So it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, if I'm not on the camera, I can just get on the microphone and like, nobody cares what I look like because they can't see me anyway, <laughs> yeah. but, um, when I was talking to my friend who is the fitness influencer, she was talking about um, the importance of connecting with people because people want to see who that person is, you know, and like who the person is behind the brand or whatever. And I was just like, yeah, you're right. But still, that means I have to always look like something. And sometimes I just look like me. Like,
1: <laughs> But I mean, like once a week ain't too bad. Just like having yeah. that set time of like, OK, here's where I'm going to, you know dress up and just, you know, just be ready, ready to go. Cause I mean, I know you'll, you'll feel way better about it too. Like if you're on camera looking your best, I I feel the same way about myself. Like I don't want to be on camera in my pajamas or any shit like that, or like in a tank top. Like I want to be, looking good and yeah you know and, and it translates everything translates you know the quality of your production um just the effort you put forth so mm-hmm. I consider that just another step in that direction. So a hundred percent uh bite the bullet who gives a shit you know do <laughs> what do what you gotta do get ready and then just do it.
0: Yeah. I I I mean but like how would that even translate over especially now like during COVID like and people E- are either not like interviewing in person or whatever and a lot of my interviews are actually done like on the phone uh-huh. nowadays. So like I don't know how that would translate me being on the phone like holding the fo- having the phone right next to the microphone and recording <laughs> or at, on the video. I guess they would just be seeing me talking the whole time. I uh, mean they would be able to hear the other person but they
1: would see No, me. I mean listen. That's why you get your guests to go on Skype and you just record oh, the video true. The, the same way we're, we're recording the call right now. All you right. got to do is just turn on the camera and then it records the, the video and then you have a nice little side by side. And in the event where you have a guest that's, you know, on the phone only, which is a rarity. I mean, most people have Skype. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where the graphics come in. You know, you have you, you have the label under you that says Kendra. Then you, then you know, you can have another graphic that says on the phone with, and then it has that person's name. So,
0: oh yeah, there's lots guide.
1: of ways to to work around it. Basically you know, not, you don't want to steal what anyone's doing, but you can always take influence from other people. You know, if you have like your own favorite shows that you watch and how are they doing things, you know, um, it's always important to take from the greats that came before you and take influence from that and then just make your own version of that. So yeah, uh, there's definitely ways to work around it. I mean, switch from phone from now on, you should say to yourself, Hey, no more phone interviews. My only interviews from now on are only going to be conducted via Skype. And right. Yeah. And then. Uh, because that, that, this, that, yeah.
0: This sounds so much better than the phone interview.
1: <laughs> right. I know phone interviews can be shaky. Right. So, yeah. you know, I think the problem will fix itself. Uh, you if you, you know, move uh, make them uh, take that step and go on Skype.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, I mean, you're always full of good ideas. So this is why I like to talk to you about podcasts. <laughs> Because you're always very willing to help. And I think that that's not something that you really find when you're starting out um, it, with most businesses or whatever. Uh, I know when I started my waste speed business, the reason I started my YouTube channel where I was te- where I'm teaching people how to make waste bees is because when I started, I couldn't find anybody to teach me how um, I took one class and I didn't really get all of the information that I needed from the class. So, like, I had to learn a lot of things through trial and error. and with my youtube page it a lot of people like write comments and like you're saving me so much time uh so they really enjoy that that page because they're learning a lot on there and i think i feel the same way about the podcast so i'm very excited to have you kind of in my in my back pocket like that i can reach out to <laughs> when i need uh, help or if i have questions definitely about the podcasting
1: uh you got it 100 percent. i mean like I said at the beginning of the show, like we're all in this together. We all got a common goal, even though we might talk about different things, we might have mm-hmm. different passions, we might, you know, come from different walks of life or, you know, that that doesn't really matter. We, we still have the same goal. We want to um, entertain our listeners. We want to give them the best possible experience that they can right. have. And the way to do that is to just invest in yourself. So 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So to go back to your point about um, wanting to have your own like creative freedom when you're making your podcast, uh, I have my favorite. All, almost all of my favorite podcasts are on NPR. <laughs> and um, I was joking with Jada yesterday about um, being picked up by NPR. And you when you just said the thing about um, not necessarily wanting everybody to kind of have their hands in your Uh, in your shit like I totally understand that and I was like that is so true like I do like having creative control over my podcast like being able to interview the people that I want to interview or like talk about the things that I want to talk about and even like I guess kind of writing out questions and answers or writing out my episodes to a point um because i have interviewed some people who have been like um but i don't want to talk about this or i don't want to talk about that or can you take this out and all this other stuff and it's just kind of (laughs) like
1: exactly
0: yeah exactly
1: 100 percent i mean like it's one of those things where because i know firsthand um you know, there was this company I had like a meeting with and, you know, we, we had talks about potentially putting the podcast on, on their uh, on their platform. And mm-hmm. it's like the kind of restrictions that they have. They don't even view it as restrictions. They, they think that they're optimizing the podcast. And while they would in terms of maybe sound quality, maybe right. the reach of the audience at first ultimately they'd bring down the, the content uh the quality of the content because it's like you're the artist behind this you know you, kendra's treasures that's you you know what i mean so for someone to tell you kendra you can't talk about you know x y and z and let's say x y and z are your favorite things to talk about well then what's left so it's like you know because the producer or whoever the case may, whoever it might be they might be like um i don't find that entertaining and you might be like but that's like my favorite thing to talk about so (laughs) it's like yeah that's why i believe in in doing it yourself don't get me wrong you know you can have people help you and you can take influence along the way but Mm -hmm. don't actually put your work into someone else's hands you know uh until it's ready to do so when i say when i say something like that like for example joe rogan on spotify has an 100 million dollar deal which is like something that all podcasters can aspire to because it like shows that hey if you get this good that's what can happen like that's like amazing because actually a lot of podcasters are like jealous of that they're like oh like he gets 100 million because of this or they make excuses and like i don't view it like that i view it as right. like that's like badass that means that like I can actually get somewhere with this because like right. look look what look what he did and if you actually go back and you watch like his first few episodes like i'm talking like when you first started mm-hmm. i mean it was just like about as shitty as when i first started <laughs> you know what right. I mean? like it was just right. him with some shitty camera just fucking talking about what he likes talking about but eventually you know he started growing started putting the work in started you know um, improving the quality on all ends and but but stayed true to who he was. Like I, I feel like you know if you do that, you can do things you know your way and still yeah. succeed. So I, I think it's important to always keep that artistic integrity because, like I, I know firsthand with some other things. You know I've done some other shows with some other people, and again they like they might tell you that they don't find certain things interesting and it's like you're like so passionate about those certain things and it's like they don't even want you to talk about that anymore and then you kind of feel like a bit deflated you feel like man Mm -hmm. why am I even doing this so yeah like I don't care if y'all are paying me like why am I even doing this so yeah that's why uh, you gotta stay true to yourself at all times
0: yeah that is so true that's such a good point also like I think we all, like, everybody has their little pipe dreams about, like, where they're going to be or what who they want to notice them. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you still have to decide, especially when you're doing things creatively, like, is that going to be the right fit for you? It's kind of like work culture. Like, how if you work, like, a corporate job and, like, you get used to the culture of of your office and like if you got a promotion or something and you had to go to another office uh, like or like like recently i used to be a teacher in the classroom so i got used to the culture of the classroom like being in there with kids all day and and just working with um another teacher in the classroom and then i got a promotion so now i work more so on the corporate side because i'm an administrator so like the culture kind of changed for me even though i'm still at the same school with the same people, you know, people look at you differently now because you're in a right. different position. But, like, the culture changed. And, like, I think that creatively, when you're doing things like this, that can be either, it can either, like, boost you up or it can be kind of crippling. Because it's, like, it's, somebody could be, like, you know, you get to the point where you have a big producer and they're like, yeah, that part of the episode i didn't really like that episode that part of the episode so i want to take that out (laughs) you're gonna be like but that was my favorite part right (laughs) that's what everybody else likes i know that's what they like that's what my people like (laughs) but yeah that's and that's that's a good point daniel
1: yeah Uh, and it's like one of those things where it's like you want to take the producer's advice because they're a producer for a reason and mm -hmm. on certain things you definitely want to trust them on but then you also gotta trust yourself. You also gotta right. trust the process. You also gotta trust the fact that, like, hey, this is what put me in the position I'm in. This is the reason why we're even talking in the first place. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel you a hundred percent on that because I've had to deal with stuff like that myself. Um, you know, working with other people, working with other companies, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. So, yeah, that's why at the end of the day, when I get to come back to my show, um, I get to just be myself and talk about what i want to talk about and yeah and that's what's gotten me in the position i'm in and which will hopefully you know take me to that next step down the line so yeah,
0: yeah. i definitely can see you. i can see you going down the down the good path i can see it for you. <laughs> you you have a great a great podcast and like you have a really strong uh fan base and like i mean what you talk about in your podcast is i guess kind of um like people are that's what people more and more people are getting into mma I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So, like, to be able to find a podcast that talks about MMA, especially for people who don't necessarily know a whole lot about MMA or any, any like, jiu-jitsu or Muay Thai or whatever – um i think your podcast is a great podcast for them to kind of be able to segue in so they can gain a better understanding and have a little more insight about what's really going on like in a fight like i know when i go to fights and i haven't been to one in a long time because of covid (laughs) but like when people like if somebody if they're fighting and somebody kicks in and makes a loud pop like even though it wasn't like a really great kick or something like that you know like if they hit somebody um people in the audience who don't necessarily know a whole lot would be like, Ooh, Ooh, because it was loud. But like people who know about it would be like, that uh, I mean, way it was just okay. Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? And so like, yeah. I feel like your podcast gives a little more insight to those people who are oohing and I, ah, and that now they can be like, Oh, well, was his form correct? <laughs> like, does he look tired? Is he flat on his feet? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that. So I think that your podcast is great for that. And I think that I definitely can see it blowing
1: up. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that it's important to not just appeal to like the hardcore fans, but also to the casuals as well. Like, I think that so the hardcore fans will love like the details that we go into and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the intricacy of our knowledge. But like at the same time. And that'll help the the casuals as well. Like they get to learn, but they can also be entertained because they can hear the passion in our voices. They can hear, you know, how much we, we truly love this. And, you know, and I think it's important to really immerse yourself in the world that you're talking about. I mean, like you actually create those beads yourself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what you're selling, you're not selling someone else's product. You're right. out here selling your own product that you make <laughs> that you actually love. Like with me, with, uh, with the MMA podcast, look, I, I've never fought MMA before, but what I did was I wanted to know everything about the sport. So I just jumped in. I went to a fighter gym and got my ass kicked by all the professional fighters and just, like, right. learned every <laughs> single area of of the game. And, like, that's how I learned about fighting because, like right. – it's easy to, you know, to be like, uh, to sit on the couch and watch a fight and say, oh, he should have done this. He should have done that. Mm -hmm. But you know, you don't even know what it feels like to be hit in the face. You don't know what it feels like to take a leg kick or you you talk about jujitsu terms. You don't know what it feels like to be in side control on bottom. So I wanted to know what, I want to know what the closest thing it feels like to, to, you know, be in like a, an MMA fight, you know, um, without actually like fighting. I mean, like I thought about maybe taking a fight here or there, but I'm like, Listen, if I'm advising these guys that if you want to do the sport, you have to be all in, then I'm not going to be a hypocrite and not be all in and then go half ass something, you know, and I'm all in on the podcast side of things. But I did, like I said, go to a a fighter gym for many, many years and just got my ass kicked by all the fighters there, learned about all the different uh, positions, like what it feels like to get punched. I mean, like, I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong, like back in the day, you know, yeah, we had some playground scraps and, you know, some <laughs> baseball camps scraps, but like no one gives a shit about that. That's not the same thing as like a sports fighting when two guys are trained and they have a common goal and they go in there with one date in mind with one goal. Like that, that's what I wanted to know about. So Yeah. And that's actually like how I met uh, your husband, Nate. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I, I went to this gym X3 and every Friday they they do their every Friday and Sunday, you know, pre-COVID, they do their uh, weekly sparring. And I would just like show up to that as like a noob and just get destroyed. And, you know, eventually... (laughs) Eventually, you know, not that I would ever like you know win rounds against guys like Nate or Jared Gooden or Robert Hale or anything, but like I would like do better. You know, like for example, like it would start off to where like I couldn't get past like a minute of the round. Then it would get to a point where like, okay, now I can get through the whole round or you know, just just things like that. So like yeah. little Little small little victories, but I've also you know been training jujitsu, so like I am a blue belt in jujitsu, just Same. like your, just like yourself. <laughs> for those that don't know, um, <laughs> I thought that was actually really badass when I found out that you're a blue belt in jujitsu. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely you know think it's important to learn to just immerse yourself in the subject matter that you're talking about, um, and not I mean because like otherwise it would just purely be a fan perspective. Which don't get me wrong, I definitely love the sport, but, like, I wanted to just know all the intricacies, all the details, know what it's like, and so, yeah, so I think that was an important step for me.
0: Yeah, definitely, Um, and it's good that you share that with your listeners also, because you do want them to know that you do know more than just watching, like, you've actually been in it, like, got it out the mud almost. right but I was, yeah i'm glad you brought it up because i was definitely gonna bring it up i was gonna be like now he does train like don't let him <laughs> don't let him fool you <laughs> he has trained <laughs> but yeah i mean i'm a blue belt still technically but like i haven't trained in years so i'm actually trash now i, I am mean, trash. Again. so <laughs> probably still
1: choke out like some uh some first day white belts though. you know yeah, you still know I, the, the basics
0: like, It's so crazy. I still remember. I can remember how to transition to rear naked chokes and partially arm bars. But, like, me and Nate were running some drills the other day. And he was, like, telling me to do, like, triangles. And I guess after having two kids, like, my, (laughs) my like, the way that my core strength is not set up the way it was back (laughs) before I had kids. Because I was, like, struggling trying to throw those triangles up. And he was, like, are you even trying? I was, like, I am trying. (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's funny as hell
0: crying on cats like
1: (laughs) Nate is uh actually like one of the best uh fighters that I've ever seen like in in the gym like he's so well-rounded so for Mm -hmm. like a guy like Nate it's really just all about you know it's funny because not not just nate but like a lot of these guys and and this is another thing that i've been doing now that like i'm so immersed i've got a lot of knowledge on the sport you want to help these guys out like you talk about you know uh, it takes a village to raise a podcaster takes a village to raise a fighter because these guys are fighters through and through like you put nate in there you tell nate hey you got to go fight a heavyweight like nate fights at 145 but you tell him hey nate go fight this heavyweight he'll be like okay no problem because that's that's how confident fighters are, mm-hmm. but just like with us podcasters, that uh, it's not just enough to just talk on the mic. You also have to have the production. You gotta, you know, do things the right way in the fighting career. You got to do things the right way too. So with, with a guy like Nate, you know, it's important that he takes the right fights. It's important that, you know, that he, he does things the right way and, you know, treats it like a business because he, he's, a badass. He's a fighter. He's willing to fight literally anyone, anytime, any place, and that's a very respectable quality as a human. But like, as someone that wants to make it to the UFC, which is like the pinnacle of the sport you got to like treat it like a business so Nate's like okay. starting to realize that kind of thing now he's starting to take the right fights cuz like he took some fights back in the day where oh my god if i was with him back then i would have <laughs> never let him take it like he had this one fight where a guy missed weight by 11 pounds and it was yeah. like one of those things where it's like Nate in Nate's mind he's like i don't give a shit if the guy misses weight by 30 pounds i'm gonna whoop this guy's ass and it's right. like it's like, well, Nate, I, I know you feel that way, but the way the sport works is that weight classes are there for a reason and mm-hmm. someone misses weight by 11 pounds. Well, that's an unfair advantage. And this isn't some random guy on the street that, you know, who, who could have 50 pounds on you and you're going to whoop his ass no matter what right. here, every it's a game of inches where everything matters. So mm-hmm. to be able to help guys out and, you know, have that, you know. I guess, outside view, and you know, because you've seen it so many times with so many different guys and everybody's got different needs. You know what I mean? Like with Nate, he's one of the most well-rounded fighters I've ever seen in my life. He's good everywhere the fight goes. And like sometimes yeah. in his fights, he'll dominate someone easily just like he does in the gym, but the fight's not over yet. Kind of like it would be in the gym. You still got another 10 minutes right. to go and he might wonder to himself like hey how come this guy hasn't finished yet like he would be in the gym so for nate it, it's just a thing of like being like hey let's just go until the final bell keep doing what you're doing and you'll be good to go that's the only thing with nate and then just making sure he takes the right fights with other guys like for example my boy robert hale it's a different story with him with him you know he, he used to be like a heavyweight now he fights at 155 pounds so for him yep. it's making sure that his weight is on point you know with him right so I sponsor a lot of fighters now. Um, you know, that's one thing that the podcast has helped me be able to do. So, yeah. like, w- with Nate, it's really just about sitting down, making sure that, you know, that he's in the right space mentally, that he's taking the right fights, that he's on the right track. He does that. He's going all the way. With Robert, it's something a little bit different. You know, with Robert, I, I bought him uh, a uh, portable sauna, you know, so oh, that yeah. there, so that there's zero excuse forever missing weight to make sure he's always on point no matter what because everybody's got you know different things and the thing i love about a guy like nate and and i'll tell you my favorite thing about nate in a second but one thing i love about a guy like nate is he was never like well daniel you sponsored me too how come you didn't buy me a portable sauna yeah And and, and my response to that would have been like well Nate, I mean, you've never missed weight in your life. You're always on point with your diet and you're always on point with your weight. Like what would be the point of me doing that? Like you're, you're not a guy that needs help in that department. Robert's the guy that needs help in that department. And Robert brings something else to the table. Robert's a showman. He's one of the most exciting fighters I've ever seen. You can always rely on a guy like Robert to put on one of the most exciting and Epic fights you've ever seen in your life. We just got to make sure that You know, he's not, uh, he's not eating, you know what I mean? We got to make sure that he's on point. So with a guy like Rob, I got him a portable sauna with a guy like Nate, you know, we kind of, we kind of talk all the time about what the matchups are like about the approach about different kinds of things. So it's just different with every single guy that you work with. But I wanted to tell you this on a side note, I know this has nothing to do with everything with with what we're talking about, but (laughs) my favorite thing about Nate Williams, um, and like, I tell this to like. I guess my family members or, like, my friends (laughs) when they ask me about the guys I sponsor. My favorite thing about Nate Williams is how much he loves his family. I mean, this is a guy that genuinely loves his wife, genuinely loves his kids, and, I mean, you just (laughs) see it, like – By just the way he talks about his kids and his wife, by the posts he makes. Like, Mm -hmm. that is my favorite quality about Nate Williams. Like, that dude truly loves his family. And it's like, it's contagious. You know what I mean? It's like, it's infectious. So, like, you just really want to get behind a guy like that and see him go all the way. And, but again, back to what we were talking about, you know, Nate, when he first started out, and you know this too well. You know how confident a guy like Nate is. Nate thinks he can well, beat anyone, so Nate will just take yeah. any fight, anytime, any place. And he <laughs> w- when he doesn't have the right people around him, telling him like, "Hey, like, how about, how about we, how about we be the one who picks the fight instead of yeah. you know just accepting any fight that's presented to us," um, because like. These guys get put in unfair situations. Like, Robert was only like six fights into his career, and then he's fighting guys with like 12 to 14 fights. And it's like, mm-hmm. Rob, I know you're a badass. Like, I know that your best version can beat this guy. However, um these guys are already in their prime whereas you're still a little green in your career you're fighting them too early that's why it might not go your way so it's all about taking the right fight at the right time and that's what i think i've been able to get through to to these guys you know and yeah yeah so
0: i agree with that 100 percent. i definitely think that you've had an influence in that because nate has gotten a lot of a lot smarter with the fights that he has um been choosing lately because he, in the beginning, he was taking just insane fights. Like, he didn't tell me. I was there with him the day of weigh-ins when the guy who weighed in at 11 pounds overweight. <laughs> he didn't tell me, like, that he decided to take the fight until he got back in the car. Because that we had just had Sam. So I had Sam with me. And he was still a little baby. Um, so Sam was in the car and with me. And we were just waiting on him to finish weighing. And he got in the car and he was like... He was like, I was like, oh, so did weigh-ins going well or whatever? And he was like, yeah. He was like, I made weight. And he was like, he was overweight. And I was like, oh, well, by how much? And he was like, 11 pounds. I was like, excuse me? I was like, so did you just get your show money? He was like, no. He was like, we're still fighting tomorrow. I was like, so are you making sure that he doesn't come in above a certain weight? And he was like, nah. I was like, Nate, what?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's one of those things where... Just on a lot of aspects, like uh, it it takes a while for uh, a lot of fighters to realize, you know, that everything has to be in place, not just, you know, you being a badass. And that's what's important, you know, because like not to put my boy Nate on blast, but I I have to bring this up, you know what I mean? Because just to show how much he's grown since these days, like I remember one time before one of his fights, like the day of his fight, I saw him and he was eating Chick-fil-A. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, you're a professional athlete. Like, like, what do you, what are you doing right now? Like you should only eat that kind of food, like after the fight, you know what I mean? But now, now he's doing things the right way because it's like easy when, when he's going to the gym, you know, eating whatever he wants, you know, whooping on everyone in the gym. And, you know, um, it's not under a rule set and, you know, it doesn't officially count on your record. It's kind of like more like just like kind of like a free feeling. You know what I mean? But when it's the actual fight, like everything, every single factor has to be on point. So now you see a guy like Nate, um, taking the right fights. You see a guy like Nate, he can go, uh, 15 minutes hard. He's eating the right foods, you know, before the fight. So he's doing things the right way. So it's just important to make sure that they know exactly, um, how, how to approach this, you know, because you don't want to just be any other fighter. It's easy to get left behind just being any other fighter. And a guy like Nate is actually extremely talented. He's very well-rounded. He's got the personality. He's got the look. He's get, like, if you watch the highlight reel video that I made him, you see how good a guy like Nate Williams can truly be. So it's just about him doing all the right things aside from the fight itself to, to make sure that he gets to that next step. And, and I think he's on his way.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you about that. I'm glad that you're in his corner also to talk to him because he don't listen to me. <laughs> That's what I tell people all the time. Uh, they'll be like, oh, did you, why didn't you say this to Nate? I did say this to Nate. Nate does not listen to me. Or he'll listen to me and he won't listen at the same time. So like, he'll listen to something I said and then he'll still go do whatever I told him not to do. And then he'll um, come back and be like... Such and such said, or Daniel said that I should do this, this, and this. And I'll be like, but that's the same thing I said. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: It's just important to have that support system behind you. You know what I mean? To have people telling you. Uh, cause like there's going to be a lot of people in your ear and it, there's a lot of people in his ear, not just me, not just you. There's probably people telling him, oh, why don't you go fight this guy at 170 pounds? Or why don't you go fight this guy at, you know, 155 pounds? You know, why don't you go? why don't you fight these guys above your weight class? Cause they'll, they'll frame it in a way where, Hey, if you win, that's going to look huge on your, on your resume. But right. it's like, it's not about you know, a get rich quick scheme. It's not about one fight that'll change your life. It's really about just putting together a win streak, having that body of work, and Mm -hmm. then you get your opportunity. Cause you don't want to fight these guys that are ahead of you at the wrong time. Like I get, Hey, It's a fight. Anything can happen. You win that fight. It's a big deal. But like you want to fight those guys when you're ready to fight those guys. There's no reason why those guys should be blessed with all the experience and all the grooming and taking all the right fights along the way. Then they get to fight you at a low point in your career. Like, why don't you get that same opportunity? Why don't you put yourself in a position to succeed? So I think that, you know, fighters need to start treating it kind of like a business. Like, does this fight make sense for me or not? Like, am I putting the right nutrients in my body or not? Am I, you know, showing up to my training sessions? Am I doing my runs? Am I doing all the right things? So everybody's got different needs. And, um, it's just kind of important to just be like introspective and have the right people around you, the right support system. And then you can truly make it.
0: Right. And that, that's so true in fighting and in podcasting. hundred percent that is so true that is so true all right well daniel thank you for coming on with me today i really appreciate it i love all your words of wisdom and advice and um i really appreciate you being here
1: oh thank you so much Kendros. my pleasure uh thank you so much for having me on uh, thank you to all your listeners uh if anyone's interested in checking me out i'm on twitter at best fight picks And, yeah, um, I'm down to talk to, I say anyone, but almost anyone, right, Kendra? Almost (laughs) anyone, right.
0: (laughs) Don't want anybody asking you for feet pics or asking you. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. Uh, Let's do it again sometime.
0: Yeah, of course. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Kendra's Treasures podcast. Remember to go follow me on Twitter at Kendra's Treasure and on instagram at kendra's treasures and you can also find me on facebook i believe at kendra's treasures um you can also if you're looking for waste beads or any of the other services that i provide you can go to www.kendrastreasures.com. I will see you guys on the next episode where we're going to be talking all about taxes because it's the end of the year. And as a small business owner or an entrepreneur, you've got to make sure you got your taxes right. So I've got a veteran tax attorney that I'm interviewing and she is getting into it about taxes. So make sure you tune in for episode 13 to get your taxes right. See you guys next time.